0: The of the dikes Niggas trapping every week every night. What my movie too small, no indictment. Uh. Yeah, freak is all light. light. 5790 in his bike. When I see that meal, I got excited. Meal. For the cash on my turn, I'm like a mind. We're getting keep dripping, dropping. My wrist all liquid. We'll watch. Tell the bitch, jump on my dick and pop it. Hey. Oh Get a little bit to deposit. Yeah. yeah. Cross on an extra boxing. Oh coat full
1: of tickets, top. All right, we're back once again,
0: folks, live in Greenwood. Bonjour, shalom, what's up? And welcome back to another episode of How You Living, where today we turn 60. Oh, yeah, collecting checks. And, of course, we're here live
1: on top of the Chaz Tower in the Million Dollar Studios, in effect, mid-July, high 90s on your temperature dial. Heck, yeah. And, uh, so hot. We're here for free to answer the seminal question that we always ask each other.
0: Chaz, how you living? You know what? I'm living pretty well. Uh, yeah, let me see. I saw Ant-Man and the Wasp recently, and that was pretty sweet.
1: All right. Newest edition in the uh, MCU, as it were. Yup. Uh, Marvel Cinematic
0: Universe. Uh, what'd you think? It was good. It was good. Um, it felt a little bit rushed, but, you know, other than that, it was a, a good story, good action. You know, a, a solid entry in the MCU. Right. Following, spoiler
1: alert, some sadness from the Infinite uh, Wars or what is it? Yeah,
0: yeah. If you stay until the end and Infinity watch wars. the, uh, what is it, those bumper credit trailer drones, whatever they call them. Uh, yeah, you'll see how it ties into Infinity War and it's nice and sweet and. Not sweet as, in, you know, nice, but like short and sweet is what I meant to say. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. it's then like, I guess it's the the kind of soonest
1: response to that if you're watching it mm-hmm. as they're released, you know. And ultimately, these just become canon in the sense that people watch them in all different orders going forward in the future. So. Oh, yeah. But uh, that's cool. Yeah, I uh, just got back from a trip out to Idaho. Spent, oh, snap. Sp- spent some time on a boat. It was nice. Got out to uh, Lake Ponderé. Mm. Yeah, it's this big lake that's out there, and uh, yeah, explored it a bit, got some sun, came back, here to get some business done. Woo And uh, as always, the world is collapsing at our feet every day.
0: It always is, though. But also
1: spinning and staying aloft, so yeah, mm, a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Uh But here at the podcast, we have a segment that we like to start off with to uh, reintroduce topics we've spoken about on other shows, and it's a little segment we call...
0: Callbacks. Yeah. Callbacks. Yeah.
1: That's right, Chaz's cuckoo Callbacks with Mikel. Here again, I'm saying that because you're the one that says callbacks in that theme song. Yeah. Uh, and we're here to uh, to start off with a look back. Uh, any topics that are uh, fresh on your mind from uh, things we've spoken about before?
0: Actually, what's been on my mind uh, since last week is when you talked about uh, the middle ground. And it actually got me thinking because I just finished uh, Extra Credits uh, Extra Politics thing. And they kind of go into how our politics work and, and try to explain it from a... Game design standpoint, and uh, at the end of it, they're like, "All right, we understand this this huge exploit exists, and that's gerrymandering." So they're like, "How can we go about fixing and gerrymandering?" And I'm like, "Oh, okay. Like that's something where I see, because at the end of it, I realize that if there's going to be a middle ground, it has to be on issues that are nonpartisan." Right. And it, and I think the uh, principle behind the middle ground needs to be on fixing the system and making it work for everybody instead of just trying to convince each other that your side is the right side.
1: Right. The inclusion kind of element in that. Yeah. And understanding... Y- yeah, because there is a part somewhere in America where yeah we do have to like yield a little. Mm-hmm. It's never going to be a perfect situation. It may not even be perfect for the majority. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's stitched together in the sense that there's so much balance of people's opinion and and nature and culture and histories that um, yeah, it's never always perfect. And so the fact that these they're trying to create these agenda-driven Politics that are supposedly the right Way to go Mm -hmm. they are kind Of ignoring that that factor Yeah you know and actually having to Mentally think about that To add it into the equation Mm -hmm. As opposed to just siding with what You want is is a little bit Of uh, mental Olympics going on Mm -hmm. So yeah I think I think that's good and so yeah nonpartisan Things to start ultimately uh, When I took politics you know they kind Of basically say everything is political
0: yeah, of course, to
1: some degree. So I think that's kind of the the muddying of the water is any, the the word politics itself associated with any decision making, government, institutional, mm-hmm. uh, you know, assistance program, social program, uh, tax, you know, uh, laws, different applications of those things. You know, that's all political, and it and it keeps getting. it. Families are political. There's a political dynamic to that. Mm-hmm. You know what they influence you. How what how they you know incorporate their beliefs into the structure for your own beliefs you know from your parents or your grandparents and you know and so when when you kind of recognize that the word politics isn't this thing you can avoid you're not trying to run from it it's Mm -hmm. this omnipresent thing like sunlight of course uh you can include your kind of mental capabilities to incorporate yourself in the world of politics that we live in and and i think this kind of ignorance to that is similar to like how we have the high numbers of people that don't vote yeah you know and so a lack of participation or a lack of investment or involvement is kind of becoming this weird norm yeah for people it's like it's not an on off switch it's just like a switch in the middle you know and i don't know if you know anything about old light systems but that was bad like you could short out your light if mm-hmm. you left it in the middle you got to pick one side or the other and so it's like they they do that but 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 it it might take some design Implication, Maybe that type of switch isn't right. Maybe it's more of a dimmer. You know, we're bringing yeah. it back to the spectrum idea, mm-hmm. you know, and then and then you can kind of step your way back down the spectrum towards something that's that's more inclusionary. It's going to actually bring people in. Um, and, you know, it's it's weird because I also always kind of like talk back about the the documents you know how old they mm-hmm. are and how replaceable but in a weird way like i do look at and notice that like there is this long history you know and we've gone through we have a lot of black eyes and we have a lot of like things with like modern perspectives we would have different but ultimately kind of the decision making arc of america has this kind of really lofty goal and ambition of mm-hmm. of you know the pursuit of happiness without any agency on a government that's going to hold you back from that. And, um, you know, we can kind of utilize some of that ideology and that, and those ideals to kind of link together. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're trying to bridge the gap of, of these things, we can talk about what happiness for instance means, you know, and how we can actually achieve something towards that.
0: For sure. Cause
1: it doesn't say we attain happiness. Yeah. It's, it's a we, pursuit. Exactly. Yeah. So, that's a good callback. Um, yeah, I mean, other callbacks for me. I mean, the uh, the decision on whether they're going to confirm the judge continues. You know, they're going to start having some hearings.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. I've been waiting to hear about those. And then we're going to,
1: you know, we'll get, we'll get some more question kind of period. We'll kind of get an idea of who Brett Kavanaugh is. So, that's coming up. So, keep your eyes peeled for that and kind of listen and hear, you know, both sides how they – articulate and frame their questions we'll figure out who's actually trying to get information even on the republican side so that'll be a good thing to kind of keep an eye out for because um, the scotus you know is kind of the most mysterious of the uh the government entities indeed you know because it's it's only i mean how many total justices are there
0: nine it's nine yeah and here's the interesting thing about that too is that it wasn't always nine it grew i think it started out as five okay and then grew to seven and then ultimately where it's at now with nine wow yeah so that's an interesting and then there's also because uh after this happened i was listening to a lot of things talking about well why is it that the president gets to uh nominate the supreme court people right like why isn't it the people why don't they get to vote for it or anything like that and it's supposed to be This system that the founding fathers made, like, that's supposed to be a part of the checks and balances, like, the check on our president as our votes. So then the vote of the president is supposed to be the people who think will represent them the most, and then they get to pick them. So that's why, like, going back to what you said about people not voting, it's kind of like if you're not voting, like, you're contributing to the broken system. Yeah, very much so, yeah and so i guess uh you know
1: as that goes on well and yeah so it's got we got nine justices and yeah it's the most mysterious because like you know like you said we we have people that run for our representation and so mm-hmm. we, we see them they're in our neighborhoods they're in our house yeah. you know our, our states they're in our uh you know places that we live and that's so that's a way that we can actually find them and then even your senators come back and then your state legislature is there the whole time. Exactly. And so, you know, you have you have this access to that branch and then even your president oddly enough, like because of the length of these campaigns, we start to feel like we know who these people are, mm-hmm. which is strange. But then, you know, the justices, it's kind of they're kind, you know, only through their decisions And the kind of arc of their judicial process. Yeah,
0: and like things they've written and how they've weighed in on other decisions that other judges have made. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff out there to read for uh, Brett Kavanaugh. So if you want to do that and get more of an idea of what type of... Well, presumably conservative judge he would be. Go out there and do that.
1: Yeah. It's like, <laughs> do we just find out later? It's like they they have these, like, bios on the website we've never read. Like, I hate abortion. Uh, I want all immigrants out of the country. I think Wayne's World 2 is the best movie ever. <laughs> 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 Justice Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, that's <laughs> that's something to look forward to, as we were talking about in the, uh, the previous episode that, uh, that decision process is gonna be public. It'll be on everyone's favorite channel, C SPAN. C SPAN. Oh yeah, C SPAN. You fell one, asleep watching two, it. and three. They fell asleep filming it. C SPAN. <laughs> what's what's so funny is C SPAN does manage to like it is totally the the like director's cut of politics. Because when you see C SPAN, it's like these like Zoomed in uh, kind of shots of like the congressman just dramatically speaking to the Mr. Speaker, I will attest, you know. Oh, yeah. And if they ever panned out, there's like three people in the room. Uh uh
0: Uh-huh, (laughs) uh-huh. You know, it's like. It's such a weird moving process in there where you. You see people walking across the stage. You see, like, the assistants coming in and handing them papers and having them understand because every single senator and congressperson has a team around them and they're all, like, circling and helping them understand everything. So, you know. Yeah. And that's why that room looks so weird when they do the uh, State of the Union
1: because mm-hmm. for the first time ever, it's actually full. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, it's like people are, you're like, wow, this is what a, you know. Government with people attending everything would would look like if it was like everyone had to be there, mm-hmm. you know. And occasionally votes, obviously you'll get the full census of either senators, or whatever. It's a it's an odd thing. If I I do implore everyone uh, take a visit to our nation's capital, take a tour of the capital. Uh, go and find the gallery, get, get tickets to go see either an office of one of your senators or Congress people just kind of get a feel for the f- kind of physicality of, of that, uh, world because it's really interesting cause it's kind of archaic in its design. Mm-hmm. You know, if they built it today, they'd probably build it like one of these like tech parks, you know where you see like T-Mobile next to like Exxon you know financial wing you know and they're mm-hmm. just sharing a with a fountain in between the two of them you know <laughs> and a subway in the first floor of one of the buildings like that's what our congress would look like if it had been designed in 2018 mm-hmm. you know? but it was designed back then so they have these really large buildings and they have to, and they actually are separated by this like hallway and like the senators and the house are separated you know in two different wings of the of the Capitol building. And it's just interesting. Uh, give it a go. Take a look. And then that way you kind of understand when you're sending them there where you're sending them. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and uh, it's it's an interesting place. And then take a tour of all the museums. Most of the museums in that city are free. Yeah. So, indeed, go check it out. Uh, and with that, uh, we turn
0: 60. Yay. You're. So that's uh, my way of saying AARP because I have problems. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Donald's always there just to tell (laughs) us when we're wrong. But uh, yeah, we made it. Uh, 60 episodes. We're here, like we said earlier, in late July uh, in lovely Seattle weather, hanging in there. Uh, A lot to unpack this week.
0: There is so much. I'm looking at my show notes and I got a lot. Yeah, I mean, I want to start, like, there's kind of the gun violence that's
1: occurred this week. Yeah. Because there's not even one specific. There's multiple. So Mm -hmm, That's true. We had the, the Trader Joe's incident in Los Angeles.
0: I didn't hear about that one. So
1: a guy was being chased by police, and then he basically took the police through a chase to where he ended up crashing into a pole outside of a Trader Joe's. Oh wow. And he ran into the Trader Joe's while taking gunfire from police and returning fire. Oh, okay. Some some of the gunfire towards him actually ended up taking out a bystander. So the cops shot this lady. Wow. She was the manager of the, of the Trader Joe's. Oh my God. And then he managed to like take people hostage, some 20 people for uh, several hours. Some people made it through the back end of the building and that type of stuff. It ended up only being the one fatality, um, but uh, yeah, so that that happened, and that wow, that was in Silver Lake, Los Angeles. Holy
0: crap! Okay,
1: yeah, and then we had the gun violence in Toronto, yeah, which I think is a really a kind of more more of how you live in um, subject. Not to to belittle the the tragedy that occurred in Los Angeles, but based on the fact that we talk about politics, we mm-hmm. talk about the world, we talk about. Um, we've had shows about um, gun bills and 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 mm-hmm. suppressing access to guns to to the people that only need them for necessary activities, mm-hmm. and um and how Canada has always been an example in our minds, at least in media and understanding of their laws, as being kind of a gun forward country. They're able to to you know pass you know bills and and get things and and actually they I. They took away guns. You know the thing that they always say we're gonna do. Mm-hmm. They are very <laughs> heavily regulated
0: there. Yeah,
1: and so this shooting occurred in Toronto, and I believe there was two fatalities mm-hmm. and then several people injured. Um, and uh, yeah, so gun violence spilling over the the border. Um, and then, what what else did you? Have on that, or did you? Did you? Was there another one? I f- almost felt like there was even there,
0: there. The last one that I know about is the one in Florida that's based on the stand your ground law. Oh, that was the other
1: one I want to talk yeah, about. Yeah, where
0: um, I forget the dude's name, but he 28 year old black man, yeah,
1: parked happened to park in a disabled parking space with the car running, mm hmm, and his wife and his child in the car, hmm, and then. <clears throat> there was a gentleman who was kind of uh, known to be kind of a um, a ruckus maker, you know, He mm-hmm. and then specifically about parking spaces and specifically about people without disabled decals.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Him. And so <clears throat> he, he basically created a scene while the gentleman was in the store, and then when the guy came out to prevent him from confronting his wife anymore, berating her for the parking spot... Mm -hmm. He, in that scuffle, shoved the man to the ground, and when the man was on the ground, he shot the gentleman in the chest, who then had to run into the um, store and collapsed and was pronounced dead at the hospital. And ultimately, the DA are not prosecuting the man who shot the guy in the chest because of the Stand Your Ground law. And saying that when he had been pushed over and the gentleman took a step towards him, that is in somehow insinuating um violence and he can then shoot him out of his own safety. So yeah. What do you what do you think of
0: uh of that storyline, uh well what makes Daniel Ground interesting is it's the whole thing that got Eric Zimmerman off way back in the day when um uh, Trayvon Martin uh, was uh shot and killed back in i think 2012 and uh, more recently i believe in 2016 or 2017 uh, they made the uh, standard ground law instead of the defense having to prove uh that they didn't have like the right to do it now it's the prosecution's job to do it which means that more people will probably be able to use it as a defense and i know some people are saying uh, like i know there's one group i'm in that are is criticizing it when they're t- calling it racially charged but i think what they're really being racially charged about is that there have been other instances where uh folks who are black in florida like that one girl who was getting uh, well i think she was latina uh but she was uh, being abused and raped by a dude and she shot him in the state of florida and she couldn't claim stand your ground Right, Right. but this dude getting pushed over by a black man can uh, claim... stand your ground so kind of like you know the wishy-washy and not consistent implementation of the law about two things that people kind of feel like it should be implemented in is kind of where like the root of the criticism is going and we'll definitely see where this goes um politically when it comes to maybe re-examining the law and how it should be applied maybe even because right now there's a lot of state races going on right now. So yeah, I'm electing people into the Florida legislature that will repeal that law. So people can't just use it all willy nilly to say, I'm scared. Boom, boom. Oops. Right. Right. And it was obviously very famously used
1: in the Trayvon Martin case mm-hmm. for Zimmerman, uh, basically getting off for that. And then later being jailed for domestic related Mm -hmm. things. So ultimately not a cool guy at all. And we already knew that from his original case, but uh, yeah, the, the Florida law, obviously, you know, Florida always trying to out Florida itself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, it's um, yeah, it's, it's 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 a weird situation because it's basically already been decided like we're you know the law can get changed as far as interpretation going forward but as far as this case is concerned yeah of course it's pretty much done and you can't be tried twice and and you know i guess eventually they could bring charges but it's kind of limited i mean they might obviously be able to do a civil suit we'll see if they pursue that and see how far that goes um yeah, it's it's a real tragedy and it it kind of it kind of reminds me it's of the reverse of what I was saying last week about, you know, like not harassing people that um that don't recycle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I guess it's like it's the the same thing for these stand your ground for these people that are like sticklers about parking like like, the, there's no need to bring gun violence into that situation. And there's no need to harass. You are not the authorities of parking lots. You're mm-hmm. not the authority of this behavior. If you can't get somebody who has actual jurisdiction to deal with it, then you have to let that go. It's just like uh, a liberal seeing somebody not recycle. It's not their job to make sure every human being recycles, it's just not and and they have to let that person live a life where they choose to litter or throw away and if it's not littering it's not a crime you know so it's like it's kind of this weird situation where yeah maybe the guy was double parked maybe the guy was parked in a handicapped space maybe this is a red line you know but but if you're not that authority it's just not your job to berate people or create and and elevate and escalate a situation that can then become violent and clearly did yeah and and kind of from what i had read uh he he had caused some other disturbances before they just had never escalated to this point and uh and then the other part was i heard a quote from the actual like either the it must it must have been the city police that mm-hmm. that dealt with the arrest they said that if basically if he hadn't pushed him down we never would have been here and it's like but he doesn't know I'm gonna shove this guy down, and he's gonna shoot me. Mm-hmm. He thinks this guy's harassing my wife, and he's not taking no for an answer. He needs to get away. Mm-hmm. So, so they could leave. Like if he hadn't, they would have already been gone. If he hadn't been causing a ruckus. Yeah, that's the real reexamination of the timeline. It's not about him being shoved to the ground. It's the fact that he never would have been shoved to the ground if he hadn't been harassing them in the first place. Exactly, they would have just pulled away. So, you know it. It does seem like a law that's only used uh, to benefit, you know, uh, a basically a, a racist reason reasoning for him to shoot, and and then also the fact that you're talking about the other way that it wasn't it wasn't applied in another case. So it's like yeah. it's like this this loosey goosey rule that has a lot of um, capability to cause harm, mm-hmm. you know, and already has, and yeah, it's kind. Of, did you and then did you hear about? And it's not gun violence, but it's talking about seeing something coming from a long ways and still not doing anything about it. The the sinking of the duck boat in Missouri.
0: Oh, that, that, that is like so those ducks that kind of do the road to sea tours. Yeah. Do you know those things seem to break down like every so often? Yeah. Like, I don't know why they keep running, because that's a story that it's Frequent enough where it's like, oh, not this again. That's the one, I'm, and so on. that's why I'm
1: comparing it to this stand your ground law because I feel like we all can agree, in my mind, as far as like sane people, that the stand your ground law clearly can do more damage than it's caused successful defense, in my understanding of it.
0: Yeah, you know, I don't know so much about the stand your ground law. And actually, I want to call this back next week because it's one of those things where when something like this happens and because it's so fresh in the news, it's something that I like to wait like a week. And then after see the aftermath of the heightened, you know, initial reactions of everything, have all the information about it come out and then assess, okay, what was this about? Why did it happen? Right. How like in doing that whole thing. So but I've only seen like snippets of it. So I don't want to give my full opinion on it without giving it a deep dive that it needs. So I'm saying that
1: I'm comparing it though to. So I'm, I'm, I'm transitioning to a story about the, the duck tragedy. Mm-hmm. And I'm just saying that similarly to our understanding of the stand your ground laws, it's already caused harm. There's mm-hmm. already been deaths. There's already been tragedy. We need to investigate a solution. We got to stop just letting it be. Letting it be is not working. Mm-hmm. And as far as the ducks are concerned, yeah, there's been multiple tragedies. There was one here in Seattle, yeah, where five people died when a when a duck that was driving malfunctioned. And as what we're talking, oh about. yeah, on Aurora, I remember that. And what we're talking about is uh, these World War II either uh, original or newly manufactured in the same uh, style. Uh, vehicles that can drive around cities and they give tours and then they also can enter bodies of water and they become boats and they legally have to be captains and they legally have to be checked by coast guards in different jurisdictions um and and yeah there was a tragedy here in seattle where yeah five uh international students died on a bus that was um basically impaled by the duck when the duck. malfunctioned and crashed into it. There was a death in uh, another situation in something like 1999 where a duck boat sank and killed 13 people. Mm-hmm. And then just the other day, uh, in Branson, Missouri, 17 people died. Damn. 17 people, including nine out of one family of 11 travelers on the duck bus.
0: Wow. Nine members dead.
1: And the the people who survived mentioned that the captain said, your life jackets are on top of the canopy, but you won't need them. And so no one's wearing life jackets hardly. And the if you read about these duck tragedies, you find out that there's major design flaws. Mm-hmm. First of all, they sh- sit low to the water. So any type of uh, kind of like massive wave can, can capsize it. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, it also, um, the canopy, is sturdy and right above their heads. So if it does capsize and start to go under and you have a life jacket, you float up into the canopy and can't escape it. It pulls you down then. Mm. So the whole design flaw is not safe for people. We've had multiple tragedies. Uh they drive around these cities like it's 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 ridiculous in a lot of ways. Yeah, true. And um who knows, maybe this is the you know, in the internet age in the twenty eighteen, you know, uh not letting things go maybe this is the era of of the the real end of the ducks you know mm-hmm. um it's it's just weird that this big of thing constantly has to keep happening we have to have shootings to discuss gun control we have to have an entire family basically get wiped off the face for us to decide whether a transportation mode that's been deemed you know basically
0: unsafe
1: yeah and and then it's just it keeps happening
0: i i think the argument on both ends of things are the infrequency of it happening because i mean yeah i go uh, oh not another duck thing even though i've written them twice um it it's more so like when a big thing happens kind of like that cycle of like big thing talk about it all right and people get upset about it then people forget about it and then the cycle back when it happens again So if we feel as though that like the ducks are overall a problem, because I think if they were like a super problem and this happened uh, so frequently that like there were more people dying than people safely going on these routes, you would have more people calling for the abolishments of riding the ducks as much as you're calling for people who want gun control. Uh, but I think one of the key things that people use and we would have to find a defense for is the fact that it happens so infrequently, even though it happens so infrequently, should we still, uh, monitor this or, you know, do away with it? Because even that in that infrequency, the loss of life is too much and shouldn't I, happen. I
1: feel like we've seen changes in different industries and dynamics with less loss of life is kind of my point. Oh, okay. And that makes sense. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, you know, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> I've never ridden them, so you wrote them. Did you wear a life jacket? No. Interesting. And they were attached to the top of the canopy? Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting to think about in <laughs> retrospect, huh? <laughs> yeah. Because you're not actually getting in a car. You're, you're more getting on a boat. Right? Yeah. As far as, like, you're, you know, what you're not used to. Also, did you wear a seatbelt when you were doing the car part? Nope. Yeah. So people talked about ping ponging between the vehicles when it struck the one on the Aurora Bridge mm-hmm. in two thousand fifteen. So yeah, it's it just seems like a, a a badly planned uh excursion tool. But, you know, uh we still have roller coasters and people fall off those and we still have, you know, bungee jumps and those things break. So, you know, ultimately I guess it's it's a risk that people need to take. But I do think there are ways you can mitigate some of that risk. It has been ignored to this point. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, I think the canopy should be tear away if it starts to get pressurized from water, yeah, you know, I think everyone should be mandatory when you 're in the water to wear a life jacket it 's just me i know they ain 't that cool looking but honestly like <laughs> it 's a lot cooler looking than you in a coffin, so uh and as always. <laughs> When we bring the show to a total
0: drop. I know, but there's so much we're talking about. We should go into other things before we go into Mikel's fun topic of the week. What do you, what do you got? Well, I want to introduce a segment called This Week in Fake News, which is basically will be everything that Trump and the Trump administration is doing. Just, you know, things that are important that we should talk about. And I think there's two things. One, there's the Trump and Putin Helsinki uh, sort of fiasco that happened. Cause we were gone for like a week and a little bit and also the fact that he is giving out 12 billion dollars of su- subsidies uh, to farmers because of the tariffs that he put forth on other countries okay interesting
1: well and i mean that clearly goes towards his base so farm country voted for him in in you know it, so obviously they're like wait wait your tariffs are gonna hurt us and he's like no it's not a problem here's money like
0: mm-hmm. I, I mean that's a little weird but i mean it's it's definitely a reaction to a reaction and because this just came out today so there there's not a i don't know too much on it but there's definitely people making comparisons of like wait gop why aren't you criticizing him doing this you say you don't like it when people get handouts this clearly is a handout Right, But also at the same time as a person who is probably getting some stuff from those farms in my supermarkets and if he didn't give out those subsidies that means the prices that I'm paying would go up. So I think from that standpoint is like I get it. So what do you think? What's your impression of what happened in Helsinki? Like what what do you
1: actually because you can definitely hear on the, r- the rhetoric on both sides in a way because like There's one problem with the Trump voter is they love that we think all of these things and we get real riled up about them and they Mm -hmm. don't believe them. So maybe that's part of your fake news side of it because the Trump supporter is like, oh, it's not as big of a deal. Like what happened? It's cool. He's with Russia, whatever. Like it's weird. Um, But in your impression, what, what transpired in Helsinki and like what parts should we be wary of? so
0: i think one I should preface this with i have a great hole in ignorance about the technical side of treason so i know there are some folks out there who would say like they're saying this is treasonous and then there are other people who would argue based on the rhetoric within that particular part in the constitution that no this does not count as treasonous but when it comes to like the cultural zeitgeist that is america and what the american president is supposed to represent uh this goes against this heavily and it also but i think also the thing that we have to remember too is uh, the helsinki talks and summit well l- okay let, let me organize my thoughts cuz there's a lot to unpack with that one there's how he treated nato a few days beforehand what did he do for nato what did he do towards nato uh well nato he was asking them to increase their gdp spending from 2% to 4% even though uh when they made that whole thing it was supposed to be two percent um the deadline was 2021 so and and i think one of the key things you have to understand about trump is trump thinks that america is getting ripped off by everyone else so then after he did that he criticized um angela merkel um on the stage which kind of you know definitely is making our european allies less confident in our allyship with them and then he went over to England and criticized Theresa May on the whole Brexit thing because there are two Brexit people who left because there's the whole division between how to implement Brexit and the kind of you know layman's terms for that are the hard Brexit and the soft Brexit so those things coalesce and then he goes to Helsinki And and the first thing you have to remember about Helsinki is that he had a closed-door meeting with Putin, which we have no idea what they talked about, right? The only people who know what they talk about is them and their translators. So that ignorance there is one that's like, what are you doing? So then the icing on the cake of it all is him saying, "Um, do you think that uh, Russia – interfered in our elections and then he's not like i don't see why there would be a reason for russia to mess with our elections when on the friday before there were indictments of 12 russians that said that they were seemed like okay now you're just being deliberately um Just, like, hiding things. Yeah. And I think that is, like, that's the icing on the cake on everything else. And then he spent all this week backpedaling and then, you know, coming up with another reason to say, well, no, this is why I don't believe it. So, I I think based on like the gestalt of everything yes there is something to be concerned about but i think if you just isolate it as oh trump said there's no reason for russia to have hacked our elections in isolation it seems like it's nothing but with everything i i mean we already know that trump has constantly been trying to make excuses and trying to push away the fact that we're positing collusion and everything and i think kind of what i wanted to focus on is like the aftermath of that it seems uh people are focusing on like on the left they're focusing on the fact that he said it and the fact that he said it when he had a secret meeting with uh putin and he is not treating our allies correctly and uh people on the right seem to be looking at it and taking the implication that because of all these things it, it kind of you know proves through isolation that he did do some collusion with russia and and i think that's the disconnect because i don't think anybody on the left is saying this proves there's collusion it just goes well okay what is all this stuff going to add up to and it's pretty consistent with his brand of hey i didn't do this please stop saying i did this and his supporters are going to be like yeah and you don't get that from this so stop even subtly implying it even though you're not So it's kind of like the way I feel about it is uh, I kind of want to see where the Mueller investigation is going to go further. Um, I think in the grand scheme of things, it's a big deal for how America looks to the rest of the world. But I think it's par for the course when it comes to Trump's usual behavior with things like this. But it does make me wonder what is exactly the relationship Trump has with Russia or that he wants to have with Russia and why is he so adamant about that relationship being a thing? Right. Yeah, and
1: I mean, it. it is definitely a country that even, like, when uh, Obama was president, I would have liked, like, a comfortable relationship to understand trade and understanding who they are. Um, there's there's so many things we, we have in common. I mean, we're two of the only uh, space nations, you know. We're p- actively participating in in what's going on in space. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, and I've always just not liked how Putin rose to power and the kind of Putin element of the government. It feels like USSR light. It feels like KGB Mm -hmm. run. Clearly it is. Mm -hmm. Obviously they have a different acronym. But, uh, yeah, I've always had an issue with that. And so, yeah, when we kind of make that strong man out to be a – you know, normal guy, like, hey, it's my buddy Vlad, he's over here for beers and we watch football, it's great. You know, no, it's like it's like we need to to recognize him as definitely not, like, as big of an adversary, I guess. I mean, he's more of an adversary than North Korea, but I'm saying not as big of an adversary in the sense that the number of North Koreans who are basically slaves is terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, people disappear and all that kind of treatment of its na- of its citizenry mm-hmm. is, is horrible. And whereas, you know, there are a fair number of Russians who consider themselves free. Uh, but that being said, you know, who could implement a more strategic war against us and who would be a more feared kind of enemy in that respect? Definitely Russia at this point in time as far as implementation, you know. Um, and we know they have the nukes. it's not like it's kind of and they get to keep 'em so uh-huh. mm-hmm. so so there's a lot there to unpack and- obviously he's kind of a rule till i die guy and 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 that's that's Czarist russia that's uh that's scary, you know because the Czar era doesn't end well, you know, yeah.
0: And there's even, uh, if you look back at their elections, their elections were super shady. One of the people who maybe had a good chance of defeating him, he got sent to jail. Yeah. Right? So there's definitely, and it's definitely like a propaganda-driven country where they have control of the news and control of, you know, the legislature and all that. So, yeah, it's definitely a a little unnerving to see him want to be buddy-buddy with someone whose regime really just is a kick in the face to what America was built on.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah, and so,
1: you know, and I was raised in the 80s, so it was Cold War era. Mm -hmm. So Russia was just the antithesis to all of our angles, you know, all the video games, uh, Rocky IV, Mm -hmm. you know, um, it's us versus Russia. We're going to beat them, you know, spies like us, you know. um, it's, It's... you know, and, and I did looking back on that think, Okay, well that was bad, you know, in a way. Like we shouldn't you know, we did that for so long. Um a lot of people also pointed to the Cold War as being kind of a necessary resistance to um wanting real war. It's kind of a false war in a way, you know. There was very few shots fired in any in
0: real way. Well, I, some people would call that a hot war versus a cold war.
1: Yeah, but I'm but but even that being said, it's like it in itself is replacing that. Mm-hmm. Like if it's kind of you end up with one or the other in a way. And so that was a good occupier for that time. And, you know, you'll you'll hear CIA guys talk that way. You know, they, they had actual respect for their counterparts and there were midnight, you know, spy trades and things, you know, of captured double agents and things uh those went on, you know. Mm-hmm. You can check it out when you're visiting Washington DC. It's not a free one, but check out the International Spy Museum. Oh yeah. While in DC and they'll give you a history of uh our Cold War interactions between our uh kind of, you know, blackened behind the shadows agents with uh with the KGB on the other side. But uh yeah, I mean they're they're a not forgotten foe. Um we We do I would want them as international partners going forward if you know we can get a stronger democracy there that actually can elect a leader that they feel is directly a result of the people mm-hmm. not that putin's not popular because that's the thing he's similar to Trump in that sense. There is a large grouping of the population that feels safer under a Putin regime. Than, uh, like with when they have Mediev f- for those four years, mm-hmm. even though it was kind of a puppet situation, um, in the sense that they think that they kind of consider businessmen to be more like gamblers, mm-hmm. like they're playing with the markets and that's how they make their money, and they don't want them doing that with their um attributes of a country, I guess, as it were. So they'd rather have this kind of iron fist politics, kind of holding together the system, mm-hmm. um. Yeah, people talk about this kind of cold demeanor of Russians, you know, really even excitable Russians. are still kind of, you know, more reserved than we would expect, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, it's a quality that they deserve. They get they get to keep, you know, we don't have to change them. We don't want to make them all bros. We don't need Russian bros all day. <laughs> High five broski. Yeah, man, we do <laughs> shots. Huh? Yeah, we hit on women. Let's do this. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to go that far, but, you know, maybe a little. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Let's do shots, broski. All right. Yeah. If we had episode titles, I guess we could call that one this. <laughs> this one that. Um, but to lighten things up for a moment, I want to talk about America's not forgotten, heavily creative son, Mr. Joss Whedon. I want to talk uh-huh, about okay. Joss Whedon projects because it's nerd culture. We're nerd supportive over here. <clears throat> and and he's definitely ingrained in in many different projects of nerd culture, and this is in honor of him declaring that he's relaunching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, okay. And it's more than likely going to be a black woman. And, oh. And uh,
0: snap. Okay.
1: It's in response to everyone kind of hating on you know Asian Americans entering into the Star Wars saga and. You know, uh, uh, you know, childish Gambino playing Han Solo, or not Han Solo playing uh, Lando Calrissian. Why
0: would anybody hate that? Lando was already black. You know what I mean? (laughs) They they didn't
1: like who was picked. Not necessarily that he was black. That it was, you know, just the 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 dynamic of of it's. Oh, that's not an acceptable one because he's like Mister Troy from uh, Community. We
0: don't like that. You oh, know. I didn't hear that. I remember hearing that um, uh, Finn from... Uh, the Yeah, he got hate. That yeah. was hate.
1: So there's all kinds of... Anyway, my point being, it's probably in response to that. And also, Joss Whedon always likes a challenge. He wants to like, mm-hmm. let me mix it up. Let me make her not everything she was before. We'll give her a new attribute. We'll make her different. We'll make mm-hmm. her from a different place. Hey, we'll make her look different. You know, like, yeah. just try everything. And then, so that's kind of my entry into this. That's the the most recently projected project. There's also, as always... Rumors of uh, a Firefly reboot. Oh, wow. Either on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon kind of situation. That's still floating around. So let's talk about our kind of understanding of uh, Joss Whedon projects of old. Off the top of your head, what's a solid Joss Whedon project that you remember? And if you don't remember them, I will go through them and remind you of some of the good ones. (laughs)
0: i do remember some like i guess i should preface this for anybody who wants me to be like but can you point out josh whedon's misogyny i just want to throw that out there for anybody who's like yeah i know i know y'all okay but anyway so because i was i said that because the first thing i thought about was dollhouse and uh, i liked dollhouse when i watched it and then my friends criticized and i was like should i rethink this
1: Well, yeah, and I mean, this isn't a conversation, I guess. It's mostly just because a lot of people have liked a lot of uh, the work he's done. I'm not in tune with uh, whatever misogyny is being... Mm -hmm. You know, past his way. I'm more just speaking of the projects themselves, mm-hmm. which take on a life of their own, for sure. And 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 you know, they're 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 acted by people who, in their own right, are talented and, and bring talent to the screen. Uh, one of the, I mean, he did two of the Avenger movies. Yes. So that are you, was are you telling some... me that Avengers isn't a good movie? I enjoyed the Avengers. Oh no, no, no. I thought the Avengers was a wonderful project, and and I think he did a pretty good job of that. And so, in a way, by bringing him up, he's a thread line to be able to talk about the Avengers, essentially. Mm -hmm. Oh,
0: that's what I was gonna bring up if you didn't.
1: And then he also did the second one, Age of Ultron. I wasn't as excited about it as I was the first because the first one just hit so hard. Yeah, You were like, really, are they gonna be able to tie everyone in? And they did a really good job of it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it was cool that the... What occurred ended up tying into the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. series. Oh, yeah. That he also helped produce.
0: Yeah, that's true. I forgot and, about that. And
1: I liked that. I liked taking elements of a cinematic universe from the big screen down to the small screen, mm-hmm. which is something he did in reverse when he took Firefly from a series that had been canceled on Fox and made Serenity.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, which is the element of Firefly some people are only familiar with. Funny enough, I saw Serenity before I had ever seen Firefly. What did you think of Firefly
1: the series? And once again, it's not giving a pass to Joss Whedon (laughs) and any of his behaviors or things as a show written by a bunch of other people and directed by other people and acted by completely other people.
0: Oh, I just wanted to acknowledge it but not give it the forefront just because people would be like, why are you talking about it, right? So, you know, (laughs) and... But what I thought about Firefly, it was a cool sci-fi western. And I think it definitely had lots of cool characters. Definitely lots of female empowerment um, within it. Yeah, like three strong female characters that
1: were the main ones outside of any of them that came into play within the... uh you know, within the screen, like the scripts, you know, eventually you'll get, you know, side characters and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, three strong women, um, even the youngest of which kind of ultimately becomes one of the more powerful yeah. existences. And they see that on the screen because she later plays in that kind of short-lived Terminator. Oh yeah, that's right. Reboot as the main character Terminator. Um, and then also, I definitely felt kind of some Star Trekky first generation of it uh, influence. In the kind of exploration of planets and kind of Mm -hmm. like the not like subtle, not having to be so serious, take itself so serious, and Mm -hmm. be able to kind of still levy these kind of concepts. Like you said, you had an impression that these were strong female characters because they were able to parlay that through their um, the scripts and the screenplays and what and what they did and said, and you know they took on their own kind of agendas and and had their own arc and element. And in fact, Nathan Fillion basically had to kind of follow their lead yeah. as far as what was going to be his best move, you know, um yeah and obviously I, I enjoy Nathan Fillion I don't know is there is there a negative is there a misogyny thing to him because I don't even know now I feel worried mm, not, about mentioning anybody
0: no 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 because no? I also no, I don't en- know anything about Nathan Fillion fingers crossed please don't I Hashtag know. time's up what because
1: <laughs> I also enjoyed him in Castle like I thought he was oh great. yeah no
0: I love Castle yeah so I hope see now you've got me worried man well no I will only bring it up if I'm aware of it and yeah. that was one of the things where there was a mixed feelings when it first came out when he was talking about uh things with his wife and everything of that sort and just very like subtle criticisms of how he wrote characters and things like that but i think he's also the type of person where if he can learn from his mistakes and make better content because of the criticism he's getting he'll be a better artist for it so right, it's right. definitely one of those things but like because thinking of that also reminds me of something else that happened recently uh, that kind of calls back to the beginning, but I'll only go into it once the segment is done because you know reasons.
1: Well, that's I mean that's it. Also, just kind of looking forward to seeing what this reboot of the Buffy situation, uh, you know, is gonna be. I and I really ho- am hopeful for a Firefly reboot. I enjoyed the series. Serenity is a is a bit of a dark movie. It
0: totally is.
1: Uh, given the kind of a reverse of the titles, no spoilers. But, uh, but yeah, I've enjoyed the projects that he's been involved in, and, and I hope that some of the future ones are good. And if he did, uh, present kind of a misogynistic view, I hope he did learn, and I hope he can kind of, uh, parlay that into a better experience going forward with, you know, more, uh, egalitarian, equal, mm-hmm. uh, uh, existences for everybody and and maybe tell a few different stories from different angles than what he did before if they were kind of man forward position maybe taking that askew so looking forward what was your side topic on that
0: right so in my uh little segment i like to call america is a mindfuck y'all uh so recently if y'all haven't heard james gunn got fired from uh, guardians of the Galaxy three because of some old offensive tweets that he did in 2008 and 2009 that was specifically curated by alt-right groups yeah and this is like at least on my facebook page and among my friend circle us being like really nerdy and such this is having it uh like it's having an impact it's like Because I remember when Me Too first happened and a lot of things were coming out against people. I was like, oh, not you. Like Throwback to uh, Chris Hardwick when that happened and everything, too. Yeah. Right? So it's like yet another thing. But so it was... And there's a lot of articles coming to the defense of he's all like... James Gunn did these things when he was a different person. He said, and he's been open about the fact that he previously was a provocateur and said things that were offensive, but at the same time, those jokes are offensive. I was listening to Dana Lash of all people today, and she was reading some of them off, and I was like, okay yeah i can see why people are upset by this yeah but i think one criticism a a friend had i think kind of really boils down to what we should get from it is that disney fired them why it would fire anybody because remember disney owns both abc and marvel and they fired both roseanne and in uh, james gunn right and people are saying that they shouldn't be treated the same because roseanne said something recently and he said something in the past so like the comparison they're saying it's apples and oranges because it said the tim gunn from 2009 isn't the tim gunn now yeah james Uh, gunn james gunn sorry
1: (laughs) shout out to tim gunn (laughs) hey yeah
0: queer eye what up anyway (laughs) um and then roseanne because it was more recent that's who roseanne is now uh, but a friend was saying like it basically comes down to the bottom line with them dollar dollar green bucks right Yeah. Uh, so if y'all think if you believe that James Gunn uh deserves a, a second chance and you think he has grown as a person because of this uh, boycott Marvel movies right right like let your dollars do the work say I'm not seeing a Marvel movie well, I guess you really can't do that though because yeah. there's not another Marvel movie coming out oh uh, well unless it, unless you just told us that you went and saw ant-man and the wasp yeah i saw ant-man and the wasp before <laughs> this came out and happened though you know like this is the reason, <laughs> 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 this is a reason. Oh, i didn't know you're part of the problem <laughs> <laughs> no i was just thinking like so see and that's the thing like if you're gonna boycott a marvel movie you know what the next marvel movie you have to boycott it's Miss Marvel, oh, right? Gosh. Like it, it's the first female lead Marvel movie. I don't want that to be boycotted. I'm mad. Yeah. I'm mad at the world now. That's, that's why I'm... America is a mind fuck, y'all. Yeah,
1: that's how I felt in the Chris Hardwick thing. Uh, he's one of the few comedians we've ever brought up on the show, other than you know our man Ron Funches. Congratulations, what up, Ron? Uh, <laughs> we uh, I met him. I met him at a fish and chips spot in uh, Portland back in like 2000. Eleven, two thousand twelve. 2012, super nice guy, he's about as tall as me, he's a good dude, and so, and Chloe Dykstra was there. She Mm -hmm. sat in the back um, while he was performing comedy, they basically, he did about 10 minutes, said his hellos to us, and they left together. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it didn't feel like he was like brandishing her to the back of the room, it felt like, in my understanding, as I kind of walked by once after grabbing a beer, that that was kind of where she was comfortable, was like, in the kind of not the spotlight where everyone was yelling and hooting and hollering in the room where we were telling comedy, she was kind of in a booth like towards more where the bar was, where you could go order a drink and whatnot. Um, so I didn't see any action. Obviously, as we always say, anecdotal evidence doesn't make a difference. Right. So I'm not going to say that that changes the, the situation. It may or may not, but that's my inclusion as far as I actually did meet the guy. Um, and I didn't, it didn't really come off as that kind of person, but obviously you don't know what happens to closed doors. Um, but I am disappointed by that one in the sense that the way the facts even came out, yeah, it felt like a lot to do from one person's blog mm-hmm. years after a breakup, you know, and- I would hate to have to write a blog about one of my ex-girlfriends and be like, be objective and nice, you know, mm-hmm. and be like, this person's great, especially when they leave their clothes everywhere and can't even do one dish, one dish. I got to do every dish every day. You know, it's like.
0: Right, you, yeah, you, you but have, this
1: was uh, domestic violence. So I think like. No, it the wasn't. Part the... It wasn't domestic violence. It wasn't? I thought no, it was. she said, no, she said that he would request sex when they were dating, and then she would felt like she should relent, and then that she felt that when they would go to these events, he would say you have to stay in the hotel room, and then she would stay in the hotel room, and she felt like, like he he was like basically manhandling her life there wasn't actual physical violence that was mentioned.
0: oh okay i mean yeah. okay that's a different i was misinformed about that yeah all right so I, have the, I might have to call that back once i get a better understanding of it because i really admittedly i did not pay a lot of attention to it yeah. but i i definitely it was one of those things where you, like i'm always waiting for the news cycle to kind of like die down so i can get the full thing of it yeah but then you know other news blew up yeah, and but actually thinking about like rolling it all into comedians and how he we went to Ron Funches' show um, a yeah, few like weeks a back, yeah, and it was directed by Bobcat Goldwith I know Bobcat came out in the defense of Tim, saying, "Hey, Disney, earn James Gunn. Earn James. God damn it! Shout out, Tim Gunn." <laughs> <laughs> like he came like he was saying like i'm bobcat i've said some stuff in the past that definitely i would if it came out now and that he was disappointed in and that he has remorse for and he does the voice of panic in hercules so he says if you're not gonna like him well you're not gonna like me either so take me off of being the voice of panic on the hercules ride um at whatever disney resort that it's a part of yeah so i was like did like just thinking about that and thinking about how other people are like like you're taking this back in the past and saying hey we're comedians right we say some things and, and as long as if we evolve as people right it, it's okay is when you don't evolve as a person is when folks will be like yo you haven't changed what's going on
1: yeah And I've heard a complaint by that is like because I know a female comedian who's very kind of, you know, leaning, trying to get, you know, women's voices heard and understand where misogyny lies and how Facebook cancels women's accounts when they say something like men are scum Mm -hmm. and she points out that Bobcat hasn't come to defense of any female in any of these situations so that's their kind of parlay in that obviously I I don't know why he felt like he needed to come to the defense of James Gunn I'm supportive of that but I guess from a feminist point of view it's very like men supporting men situation
0: yeah no I can definitely see that,
1: yeah, and so that's I don't know, and that's the world we live in, you know. Even when you try to do good, you haven't done enough good, so you got to do more good, and you got to do more good for these other people. And it's like, oh, you only help Chinese people. I thought you did, I thought you liked Mexicans, and <laughs> you're like, I, I love Mexicans, and they go, oh, so you only love Mexicans, yeah. and you're like, I didn't say that, and then they go, oh, so you don't think I can hear what you're saying, and uh-huh. then you're like, no, I do, and they're like, so you don't know American Sign Language, and you're like, I learned it in third grade, but I forgot it immediately, and they go, exactly, <laughs> so. Um that's the world we live
0: in folks and maybe it's better <laughs> Yeah yeah maybe maybe uh i guess like one uh the last segment that i uh, want to introduce and talk about is uh you know we, we've talked about how weird america is we've talked about what all the fucked up shit trump is doing but how can you participate in uh, your election so one uh, i think probably over the next two weeks or so we're going to talk about our local state elections because uh, we got our ballots in the mail uh, and uh, we need to have those in by august uh 7th uh, for the primaries um but also wanted to kind of throw it back to um Cortez uh, who uh, won over in New York and now she's touring with Bernie Sanders and uh oh gosh and I'm, I'm trying to remember what state I want to say Kansas or Wisconsin it's a W no, it's Wyoming. Sorry, y'all. I was trying to remember it. Then I had to go through it all. Yeah, you got it. And, and some people are wondering why is she campaigning in Wyoming? Uh, and I I forget who she's trying to support, but definitely trying to get the progressive agenda into more red states. And definitely understanding that like a lot of, you know, red states went for Bernie in the primary, uh before they went for trump in the general i think that's one key thing that even places like msnbc and cnn are missing and i think when it comes to like political action is lit uh there's definitely i think the the main democratic party is like what the heck is this you're the far like well first It's that when you call them the far left, I feel like people have this mental equivalency that they're the far, like they're mentally equivalent to the far right. And all it just means is like kind of like they have radical ideas in the Overton window sense. But, you know, like I said last week, getting interracial marriage was a radical idea before it was legalized. Right. So, yeah, like radical doesn't mean wrong. It just means, you know, not mainstream. Uh, and I think the fact that she's doing the thing that she's supposed to do is you get the word out. You try to get more people on their side. When you get more people on your side, you get other people who's on the, on your side too. So I think if there's anybody who has criticisms of socialism or, you know, the implementation of social programs by raising more money or reallocating the money we currently take, uh they kind of really like you know talk about it for things outside of like the completely ideological reasons why you believe it like i believe in limited government well why do you believe in limited government right because yeah. i can tell you why i believe in social programs is because i think it'll make for a more stable economy and less people having uh people having less problems for things that they need to worry about will allow them to focus on things that'll make themselves better and ultimately us better too And we really in America do have a great independent nature about us, but there's definitely a huge access problem when it comes to class in a lot of ways. And that's one of the chief things on a progressive platform is to say, hey, uh, well, and I think one thing people don't understand is the, the federal jobs guarantee. And they're just like, why does that need to happen? I'm like, because automation is here. Right, especially when automation is gonna take away jobs that employ thirty percent of your populace. Right, like if your money is not getting circulated, your GDP is going to suck. Right, and so so like based on that principle, I'm like a federal jobs guarantee makes sense because you know uh, businesses they just want to have their profit margins and their bottom lines. So, and or the only way to curtail that is with regulation and i know there's some people who say they should have the freedom to do what they want um and they they should have the freedom to exploit whomever they want and however they want but you know if you want something that's gonna keep america afloat especially since america while you know in the 50s 60s and 70s uh, based on all the money we're able to generate from the wars and then being able to uh, you know take that onward we are losing a lot of ground to a lot of other countries like definitely china in different ways when it comes to you know new ways to get energy you know definitely over in europe when it comes to like medical and science testing so we do need to step our game up a little bit and i think that the government can help facilitate a uh, i don't want to call it a safety net but like a concrete foundation to allow people like to stand on top of it and uh, have the freedom to I don't want to say make America great again, but (laughs) (laughs) have the freedom (laughs)
1: to make America what we want it to be. Exactly. (laughs) And with that, we have come to the end folks full circle. Congratulations. Give yourselves a hand. (laughs) Uh, And, uh, and thanks again for listening for these previous 60 episodes. It's been amazing. Uh, uh, we've solved all of the world's problems in, in less than 60 hours. That's not a bad thing. Congratulations, you know. you're living in the modern world. Marty McFly would be so happy. He would come back to this future. Uh, With that in mind, you can email us your response to that bullshit thing I just said <laughs> at H-Y-L-B-O-X at gmail.com for free. Respond, give us a heads up, or you can get me directly at Twitter at C-Town mayor. Cause I'm helping the municipality by the sea. Uh, how about you, Chaz? Uh,
0: check out the entirety of the extra credits, extra politics series. It's eight episodes. It's really good stuff. It'll help you understand how our government works and how political action is lit. Uh, any of our segments, hash and like, put a hashtag in front of it if you want to talk about it towards us. Either at uh, how you living podcast on Twitter or at Chazbaz on Twitter. Um, and other than that, you know, stay woke. Yeah, and as always, support. Listen to the All Fantasy Everything
1: podcast. And now try out the new one I'm going to give you. Listen to Pin Pals with uh, Dan and Rory. It's Dan Daniel Van Kirk and Rory Scoville reading your letters and talking about your topics. Oh. It's Pin Pals. It's on the Starburns Audio Network. Give it a listen. Uh, folks, we'll be back hopefully next week. With a free new episode, Chaz. As always, it's been a blast. It's been a blast, Michael. Good seeing you. Good to see you, buddy. Take care. Peace. peace
0: Day off racks. Go get the reasons at the playoffs. Remember. Pass in the beaters a bake off. Rats. Fuck on a dish you get laid off. Swamps. Fit two make Makeo. Big boy Made a bit down with the Draco. Fuckin' with the G that queso. Get hunt your for the road. Hunt your private jet, we don't do layover. Whew. One call, I'm having your bail over. <laughs> Walk up the spot with the makeover. Woo. Gotta add it to payoff. it we up on the back.